You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you're looking for any type of batteries, whether it's for your truck, your car, your trail cameras, your rangefinder, stop into a local Interstate Batteries retail location. There are thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Talk with a battery specialist and get the batteries that you need to go on with your life. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And this week, as we're, you know, probably tailing off on rut activity, we're going to talk about our our rutcation or our, our rut trip that we like to do every year to the cabin Things didn't go quite according to plan, uh, but we made it work. We had some uh, interesting hunts. You know, Jeff had some close encounters with deer, and and uh, Jacob had quite an interesting story happen. So stay tuned for that. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. And as you'll hear in this episode, Mastin's is a great way to get deer close in during the rut so deer scent is is a great tool and mastins makes a great product so if that's something you're interested in whether it's just straight liquid scent or some of the other more more unique products that they have check them out you can go to mastinsdeersense.com or go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and find all of our sponsor information there so with that as as we uh, kind of like to do or, or i was going to say always do but we don't always do it but as we like to do uh kind of give updates updates from the field sort of thing about what's been going on what we've been up to in the woods or if there's any sort of uh relevant news happenings that we want to make you aware of that you know we're either not going to do a full episode on or, or we want to get you a little bit of info you know because we record episodes ahead of time we want to get you info a little bit of info you know in a more timely fashion you know this is where we'll plug those things into so with that jake jeff either of you have any updates you want or need to share Yes, I'll go ahead and go, Jeff. Sorry. Uh, I don't have a ton of updates other than I did get some photograph evidence that there are still some big boys roaming around my property. For a while there, I hadn't seen any um, pictures or any, you know, obviously I didn't see any hunting, but um, the cameras kind of went dark for any of the other than the does, I mean, I wasn't getting any bucks. I went and hunted my property. Um, I don't even know what day it was now. I guess it was probably the Sunday of the end of our rutcation and get, I had two small bucks, um, coming through and that was about it. So I hadn't seen the big boys, no camera pictures of them, but, um, I did get a picture of one of the bigger deer so that's exciting he's still sticking around still living as far as i knew no one had killed any of them but 
that's exciting. So that's about all I have, though. I'm planning on getting out there again this weekend coming up. So, cool. Jeff, you got any updates? So, uh, after coming back from our rutcation, which you guys will hear about, um, the Tuesday after coming back, I came down with a pretty pretty nasty cold. Um, you know, my work, my uh, boss didn't want me to come in the work. Um, because of the cold, I had a cough and just a lot of sinus congestion. Uh, so I went to the doctor because I'm out of work. Uh, and obviously, you know, you have any sort of respiratory symptoms, you know, basically any cold or flu symptoms, they want you to take a coronavirus test. So I took my third coronavirus test. Um, this time it wasn't as bad. They just kind of swabbed both nostrils, just like about halfway back. It wasn't wasn't too bad. Uh, test came back negative, except it took a long time to get the results this time. Oh, really? It took almost 48 hours to get results. In so the past, I, they've been faster than that? Yeah, my two pre-surgical ones, I had results in... A couple of hours. Um, oh, wow. Okay. You know, five, six hours. Because both of my pre-surgical ones I had in the morning. Like, I was tested early. You know, one was at, I think, 7.45, and the other one was at 9 o'clock. Um, and, yeah, I had results by the end of the day. Okay. Um, this one took about 48 hours to get results back. So I was off for three days, basically in the middle of rut, but I felt crummy and didn't hunt. I, I hunted the last day I was off sick. I got out in the afternoon and Mm -hmm. hunted. Um, I don't think I saw anything that day. Uh, and then Last Saturday, uh, both my wife and I went out, both the morning and the afternoon. In the morning, uh, all I saw was one really nice buck. Uh, He came in behind me. You know, I heard him in the creek behind me. He crossed the creek. I called to him with a doe bleat. He started kind of coming to me. I mean, he was pretty hot. He was searching for for does. Um, so he started coming towards me. Um, but he got on a trail, and basically at that trail, he was either going to basically turn and walk straight to me or go the other direction. And it seemed like he smelled something on that trail that led him in the other direction, and he was gone. And then on Sunday or on uh, Saturday evening, uh, both my wife and I saw the same little doe, and we both let it pass. So that's all okay. I've been up to. All right. So I went out. Uh, I guess it would have been this past week. Uh, hundred Wednesday and. Friday after work and 
so, you know, I typically work till four the Fridays they work. I, I get off a little earlier. So, you know, it was kind of, it gets dark at, you know, what, a little after sunset. It's a little after five, a few minutes after, you know, 10 after five or something this time of year. So you can hunt till five thirty, five forty, something, you know, depending on what day it is. But so it wasn't, you know, long sits and I knew I was going to be, you know, potentially bumping into deer that were up and moving around when I went in. So I went to this, uh, piece of, you know, private property here locally that I have access on. And it, uh, it didn't disappoint. I didn't get a deer, but as I was walking back to where I was planning to hunt, they've got, I kind of call it this like middle field this property is like long rectangular uh north and south and as you go back toward the back of the property you go from like almost different successional habitat right the first field is is more or less a field the second field is pretty grown up like overhead height shrubs and bushes and you know like woody shrub but not trees you know it's 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 probably you know eight ten feet tall in most places but there's no like trees trees growing in it you know but they keep um a few paths mode through this thing and then as you get to the back of the property it's woods so i was walking the path in the middle you know that sort of middle field before you get to the woods and right before you get to the woods the path kind of dog legs or, or makes a little s bend so you know as you're you're sort of walking straight back toward the woods and then you cut over to the right and then back over to the left to get on, you know, that's the way the path goes and it dumps you down into the woods. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm after work. I got to hurry to get to where I want to go. I round that bend, not thinking, look up and see a deer standing in the woods right there. Probably 30 yards inside the woods. I stop. Deer looks up at me. I don't see any antlers, but it's looking right at me. I sort of slowly slide to my side to get a a tree in between me and the, in the deer and, you know, we're all good. But as I now, you know, I'm behind this tree, the deers can't see me, but I'm assuming I, I was sticking out on either side of the tree or something. As I go to kneel down, it blows out of there and there was another deer that I hadn't seen, which was a buck was standing there with this doe and I never got a good look at it. It, He didn't know what was going on. She kind of bounded off. He followed her a few bounds into this taller sort of central bedding area in the woods. Um, and I, I could just see tines in there. It was a nice deer, but I, you know, I couldn't tell you how many points or whatever. It just, I just saw lots of points. And (laughs) so I tried to, uh, 
you know, make a play on them because I didn't think they had gone that far. I don't think she smelled me. I think she just saw me and blew out of there. And, and I didn't think they had gone that far. I was trying to, you know, maybe sneak around to the other side or something, but never ended up seeing him again. Then I went out on Friday, made it into the woods, although I did ju- I did jump another deer in that same spot, even though I had stopped and like I was scanning through there, no deer, no deer. But like as soon as I got into the woods, the deer blew out of there. And uh, I thought, well, I wasn't going to set up here, but like the deer really seemed to like it here. So I guess I'm going to set up here. Well, as I was setting up, I saw on the neighbor's property, the neighbor's property is much more open woods. Two deer go running through there. One of them looked like a big body deer, but, it, you know, I just was seeing like a flash of deer. So I never really saw antlers, but, you know, at that point I was like, well, I don't know. I think I just blew this spot out. So I moved across the property a little bit, set up. I could hear deer crashing around in this thicker wooded area. Nothing ever came out. I did have a doe and two fawns come out sort of from that middle field into the woods and walked along the edge. And she knew something was up for a while. I couldn't shoot her at first. Um, she did finally get to a spot where I, I could have shot her, but I figured I got three does standing in front of me. Like, you know, I got pretty high odds that, uh, you know, a buck's going to come check these does. But she eventually ended up winding me and they blew out of there and the night ended sort of uneventfully. Although I was, when I, w- I was walking back to the car and I get, they've got, you know, their house, their backyard, there's a pond. And then as you get around the pond sort of starts that first field. So I was coming around the end of the pond and I could see eyeballs. So I flipped the brighter beam on, on my headlamp. And there's deer everywhere in her backyard, just standing there looking at me. And I think all told, I counted seven deer standing there in her backyard. And uh, <laughs> it was seven does. But yeah, it was like, oh, well, that's that's special. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, no deer to speak of yet. So hopefully we can change that soon. But if that's it for updates, let's uh, get into the the rest of the content for the week. You guys good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Good to me. All right. Let's do it. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so this week we're going to talk about our rut hunting trip. And, and based on the timing of this, there's you know more rut hunting to come, but we always try to do a, a weekend, extended weekend trip down to southern ohio to our cabin and uh <clears throat> the timing of that is really kind of dictated by our, our 
work schedules, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more so than, you know, peak rut. Cause you know, Jacob and I are able with, with the way our work schedules are, we can make extended weekends without having to take, uh, extra vacation. But that, you know, like for, it, for me, for example, you know, I get every other Friday off so I can have a three day weekend every other week and can go down, you know, Thursday night and have a, you know, a three day hunting weekend without having to use vacation. But so given that work schedule and, you know, when rut happens in, you know, early November kind of dictates when, when that trip happens usually. So, uh, I guess I don't know where I was going with that other than to sort of, (laughs) sort of set the, uh, set the scene, set the episode up with, you know, timing. Oh, that's what I was saying. Cause there's, you know, our trip was sort of early rut, right? You know, early November, there's still rut hunting to come, you know, we'll still be in the woods, but this trip, the timing of this trip is sort of, uh, dictated by work schedules in, in some regard. So, right. I think some people would argue we, the best time of the rut is still to come. Yeah. So they may say we went too early, but that's like you said, that's dictated by, unfortunately we don't hunt for a living. We all have other yep. jobs, so yep. it's dictated by schedule. <laughs> yeah. So we went, I guess what, probably should have the dates here, but, uh, eighth, seven, six, seven, eight sort of thing. Yeah. The weekend of November yeah. six, seven, eight was like the weekend that we had, you know, and again, with schedules and everything, we put this stuff on the calendar well in advance and regardless of weather. It is what it is. So if, if you guys remember or, or paid attention, we had uh, sort of a freak heat wave come through in, in early November with, you know, like daytime highs in the 70s, low 70s, high 60s, low 70s, which it's warm for November for rut. I mean, the, the deer are still going to breed. They're still going to do their thing, but you might see more of that happening, <clears throat> you know, in the evenings or at night just because it's, it's hot. You know, they all, you always hear people say, you know, imagine running around with a winter jacket on, right? They've got their, their winter fur coats on. So running around on a 70 degree day with a winter jacket on, you know, you can burn yourself out, get, you know, uh, pretty exhausted pretty quick, I guess. So I guess you, you I guess the things you hear maybe that's different than what you see, but that, uh, a lot of times that will sort of force a lot more of that activity at night or, you know, past legal shooting light at, at the very least. So, <clears throat> so I guess, uh, where do we start? I, I, if you guys listen to, uh, it's probably a couple episodes ago, you, you heard us kind of intro. I actually didn't end up making it to the cabin for our, our rut hunting or rutcation, if you will. I had everything packed in the car, ready to go. And Ella had been having a little bit of like a runny nose, but you know, it was 
you know, I don't know, it's a run, kids get runny noses from time to time, right? It, it was clear snot. It was, you know, I don't know, allergies, fall, weather's changing. Didn't think much of it until I'm like, you know, honestly, probably 10, 15 minutes from leaving my house to drive south. And Amanda noticed that Ella felt kind of warm and took her temperature. And of course, she's running, you know, 101 degree fever. So with, uh, you know, everything that's going on, I, you know, I, you know, Amanda hadn't even thought about it, right? She was just sort of informing me like, hey, you know, she's got a little bit of a fever, you know, and I was like, oh, man. She's like, what? Why? You know, she's got a fever. What? You know, it's like, it was like, I can't go to the cabin now, you know, like we're, you know, through family, you know, we're kind of around each other, but I know, you know, dad was maybe going to go and, and I know he's pretty concerned about the whole COVID thing and, you know, not wanting to get it. And we had another guy that was coming down that I'm not around any other time than deer season, you know? And so it was like not knowing what it was or why she, you know, spiked a fever. You know, I didn't think it was anything, but it, you know, I didn't feel like in good conscience I could drive down there and, and <clears throat> potentially as I cough, <laughs> potentially, uh, you know, spread something, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know, you know, this stuff's gone on so long. I don't even know what's what anymore, but anywho, enough of that. Uh, so I ended up hunting locally, hunted at the parks and, you know, you, you guys know, cause we text pretty regularly, but really didn't have much, much in the way of luck out there. I hunted, let me see, I hunted Friday, both morning and evening. I was going to, you know, I don't know. I thought about sitting all day, but you know, it was like where I set up in the morning, I, I did hear some uh, off in the distance. I did hear two bucks sparring and it was, you know, daily eight o'clock or something, you know, and I think I saw a flash of a deer run through the woods, you know, a hundred yards away. Um, but that was it. I, so I, I got down and moved to a different spot. And I actually liked, so I set up on the south side of the, the the creek or whatever that runs through this park's property. And Jeff, you know, there's a, uh, there's a little point. So this creek, it's, it's on the south side. You're kind of up in elevation. You're, you can kind of look down at this creek and there's one spot there where there's a little bit of a point that works out toward the creek and, you know, good sort of trail crossing, you know, it's a a good spot. I had hunted there in the past and had I been set up there, I think those bucks would have been right under me or pretty close, the two that I heard fighting. It sounded like it was that direction. So it's basically a, you know, for listeners, I guess it's basically a creek that uh, I guess it runs, um, let's see, 
northwest to southeast through the kind of somewhat diagonally through this you know if you think about a big square or you know i guess it's maybe more a little bit uh, it's not like a long rectangle but it's it's a squarish rectangle if if that, if that makes sense <clears throat> i had hunted there there's an, like an interior field where they had brush hogged a path and the woods get kind of narrow there to where this you know, I don't want to call it a cliff, but a pretty sharp drop down into this bottom where the the creek runs through. So I thought, I can shoot this path, or, you know, the woods kind of narrow here. I can, sh- you know, it would be a good kind of cruising area. That was my thought. But nothing, nothing came through. So in the evening, I went on the north side of the creek, closer to where I heard those deer sparring and a little bit farther west. So I I went north and I went west, kind of up into this corner a little bit, but still close to the creek. And I actually, there's a lot of like this um, brushy field, kind of CRP type stuff, native grass habitat, you know, tall, I mean, some of this stuff is five feet tall, right? I mean, it's not like over my head, but some of this stuff is, you know, close to head height. I went into this corner where that stuff meets the, the woods and was planning to get up in a tree, but I found this cluster of, let me see, it was one, two, three, like four trees, all of them, you know, roughly you know, I don't know, roughly basketball size or bigger at the base that were, they had grown like within feet of each other. And it basically formed this little nook, this little pocket between the trees where I could, it was like a perfect ground setup. So I'm overlooking the creek on the other side of the creek now to this like grassy sort of low-lying field I've got this brushy sort of bedding area to my behind me if you know that I kind of kind of walked in through and then I've got like open woods sort of down the bank to my left that I could shoot to as well. I felt good about that spot and and I I thought well, you know, if I try to get into one of the you know there were there was lots of limbs and stuff, I thought this is too perfect of a ground setup. I'm just going to hunt from the ground saw nothing heard nothing until right at last light it was probably that last half hour of light where the squirrels had already kind of you know i wasn't hearing squirrel activity squirrels had already gone to bed and just basically the one area that i couldn't see to my to the west um to my right i guess if i'm looking at the creek i heard I'm 90% sure it was a deer and it was right there. I mean, it, it was like my heart's pumping cause I could hear it walking around over there and like it would get closer. I've got basically a tree between me, you know, one of these trees that I'm tucked in, in between there's a tree between me and the sound. And I'm trying, like, I've got to get my bow to, I'm either going to be on the left side of this tree 
shooting, you know, if it comes out and kind of comes down the bank into this field, you know, this low-lying grassy field, or it's going to come to the right side of this tree into that, you know, that brushy bedding area, grassy stuff, tall grasses. And that stuff's pretty high to where, like, it's going to be kind of tricky for me to pick a spot to shoot through. And so there was a couple times where I'm like, okay, I'm swinging, I'm swinging my bow over to the left. No, no, no. Now the sounds sounds like it's coming over to the right. And so I, you know, it's real. I mean, cause it's like, it sounds like it's right there, like inside of 20 yards, this, you know, this deer. And I could never see it. There's a little bit of a bank right there where it goes down. And I think it stayed just below that bank. And, you know, heart's pumping because, you know, any minute this deer's going to step out. <clears throat> and I had a scent wick out that I had kind of put over there. And just like the the cautiousness of this, like I'm telling my, the, you know, I didn't never saw this deer, right? But I'm telling myself like it was a buck. I never heard any grunting or anything, but but just like the cautiousness of like he wanted some other, I think he smelled that scent. He wanted some other confirmation or something before he came up there. Basically, he wanted to hear something, see something. He hung out over there for a while, you know, but five minutes or something milling around. And I'm, you know, trying to figure out where he's going to come out and then ended up walking off. And I never saw him. Couldn't, you know, he never committed, basically. And that was that was that. So <clears throat> I'll finish with, cause then I, I, hunt, I hunted the next morning and then, and then that was it for the weekend for me. So Saturday morning I went out to a, a lo- we still had permission at the parks, but I hadn't had any real action at the parks. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go somewhere different. So I went to, um, a friend of ours locally here, they've got, you know, uh, I think it's 30, 32 acres or something like that, that, uh, they allow me to hunt. So I went out there, <clears throat> parked my car, got, you know, everything set up, start walking through her backyard to the woods and there's two does right in her backyard. It's dark, you know, and they kind of run the direction I'm heading around the end of their pond. I get around the end of their pond. They're standing back there just kind of watching me walk by. I'm watching them. They're watching me. They kind of bounded off. <clears throat> so I saw those two does and then got set up and getting set up was kind of a, kind of a disaster. <laughs> so it was well, well into legal light by the time I, I was set up and hunting and didn't see anything all morning until I think it was 1230 out of nowhere. I had a doe or, or what I think was a doe, but, but maybe not, uh, an antlerless deer run right under me. Like I easily could have jumped out of the stand onto the back of this deer run right under me. But I mean, it was like something was pushing it, it ran by, kind of got past me to where the woods got thick again, stopped for a second as I was, you know, trying to get my bow and then 
was into the thick stuff to where I couldn't, wouldn't have a shot. I was getting my bow because I figured, oh, there's a, there's a, this is a doe and there's a buck chasing her. But the more after the fact, you know, in the moment, I'm like, oh, doe getting pushed by a buck and need my bow. Here comes a buck, right? Buck never showed nothing. I'm speculating now if that might have been a button buck that was, you know, smelling the estrus in the air and because it never, you know, like a, a doe that's being pushed, you know, that a lot of times they'll stop and look back, stop and look back, never looked back, you know, and so I'm wondering if, if it was a sort of a cruising button buck, if, if that's, <laughs> if that's a thing, <laughs> but anywho, I, I kind of chalked that up because, t- you know, I always set out in the rut. Like, I'm going to sit all day, you know, and never do. I've never once sat from sunup to sundown, at least not in the same spot. I may have, may, I don't, and I couldn't give you a specific example where I've sort of stayed out all day, but I've never sat in the same spot sunup to sundown. But, you know, you always hear or see, you know, these sort of midday, I get, you know, at this property in particular, you know, I get trail camera pictures from past years, midday cruising, you know, one o'clock, noon, one o'clock, two o'clock, two thirty bucks walking by my camera, you know, during the rut. So I thought I'm going to stick it out until at least I'm going to stick it out till like one o'clock. And you guys know, anybody that's listening that knows, you know, once that morning activity quits and it was a dead calm day, like dry is, you know, it was warm that weekend, right? And leaves are super crunchy and at least here, Saturday morning, it was like times where there was no wind. So no wind and no critters moving around. You're sitting out there like, what am I doing? Why am I, you know, why am I sitting here? So there was a couple times where I was like, I ought to just get down. But I thought, nah, I, you know, I told myself I'm going to hunt till one. So I'm going to hunt till one. So seeing that deer long, long story short, I guess seeing that deer at 1230 was, I kind of chalked that up as a success because uh, you know, I, I typically don't sit that long, right? I get hungry, I get cold, I get bored, whatever, and I get up and move. <clears throat> so I had to, I had to give myself some sort of a <clears throat> win, I guess, just because this season has been, it's been a rough one for me. Like I'm going into this season, right? You always high confidence you know, going into the parks hunt, right? Like we're going to fill all these doe tags. It's going to be great. You know, maybe we'll shoot a good buck out of there. It's a, you know, I've struggled to even see a deer this year. Right. So it's like, it kind of wears on you. And it's been a long time since I've had a season like this, but it's like the deer that I have seen up, up until that one that ran under my stand, the deer that I have seen were walking to or from the place where I was going to hunt. You know, so there was a time at the parks hunt where I hunted a morning, got down, was walking back to the car 
again, this was like pre-rut around around Halloween. Saw a little, I think it was a four point, you know, up ahead of me, out being a young buck at you know at that time of the morning. Um, so that kind of thing, but like seeing a deer while while hunting has been <laughs> surprisingly problematic for me this year. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, my luck turns around here soon. So that was kind of, uh, you guys didn't say much, so uh, that was kind of my my rut hunting weekend. Yeah, well, that's probably a good place for me to, to pick up, kind of. Because um, first, I've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of these controlled hunts and stuff are uh, not as great as they're cracked up to be. You know, they're most of the time they're very heavily pressured. You know, yeah. so those deer are very wary of people and know how to not get killed. You know, I would say even more so than a lot of public land. You know, because a lot of other public land, those deer run into people who have no intention of killing them. Right. Where a lot of the controlled hunts, if they see a person, that person's goal is 100% to kill it. Yeah. Um, but, <coughs> excuse me, I got a cough too. All right. But, uh, so my kind of rut hunting started on November 1st. You know, I had only hunted at the parks hunt um, up until November 1st. November 1st was the first day I went out and uh, hunted my other stands. And around 2 o'clock, I went out. I uh, created a, two mock scrapes close to my stand and climbed in my stand. And the weather was kind of crazy on November 1st. It was really, really strong winds. And it was a cold, you know, we were having a cold snap. It was the first snow I think we got. You know, yeah. it was just a light yeah. dusting, but I think it was the first snow of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't really seen any deer while hunting all year basically i think at the parks i saw two deer um you know and i put some real time in so i'm second guessing my abilities you know to hunt how good of a okay, hunter so i'm I glad am. i'm not the only one because i was like man what <laughs> maybe i'm not as good at this as i thought i was <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm second guessing myself and every time when i hunt this stand the first it I have deer come, they come uh, straight out, they, they come to my left out in front of me and diagonal across and come like between 10 and 20 yards to my left and go behind me. Like that's the, the trail they take. And every time, the first time I hunt this stand, they take that trail and usually the wind is blowing directly at my face. So when they get behind me, they're at like 10, 20 yards. They smell me. 
and blow and run off. So this year, because I hadn't really seen any deer hunting, it's like, if the deer do that again, you know, I want, I want meat in the freezer. When they do that, I'm shooting them this year. Right. The past two years, maybe three years, I've let them walk and they do the exact, you know, come the exact same trail. So I set, set up in my stand and, uh, you know, maybe after an hour, I see my first deer and it's a little doe and it's probably a hundred, 120 yards off, you know, way off to my left. Um, and I just catch a glimpse of it and, you know, basically between patches of brush, but it's like, cool. I saw a deer. Oh, let me rewind a little bit. Uh, as soon as I get in my stand, I discover that my cat had followed me out there. Like (laughs) as soon as I get in my stand, my cat's coming through the woods meowing. Dude, that picture you sent was awesome. Yeah. Comes to the base of my stand and it's just throwing a fit. Like it, it can see me up in the stand and it, it is not happy that I'm up there. It's freezing cold out and, you know, and it's just creating a racket. And then all of a sudden it just goes up to the base of the tree and climbs it, just shoots right up to the tree, right up the tree. I mean, it goes <laughs> from the base to where I'm at in half a second, just shoots up there. You know, so then I grab it off the tree and set it in the stand and it's climbing all over me, but at least now it's being quiet. Well, then it, I think it's cold. So then it's sitting there just meow, you know, right in my face, meowing, meowing, meowing. So I take the cat, I unzip my coat, I put it inside my coat, unzip my coat back up, and it just curls up and lays in my lap inside my coat. <laughs> so now all of this is happening while I have a cat inside my coat. <laughs> So, uh, it gets later in the day. It's probably about an hour before sunset. And all of a sudden, here comes a deer coming at a pretty good clip. You know, I mean, it's cruising. You know, it's not just milling along. It's walking right on that trail that the deer always come on. So, I get all set up deer comes to about 20 yards i you know put the crosshairs on it and uh pull the trigger and the trigger on the crossbow kind of surprised me like it went off way sooner than i was expecting and you know i hear a thud and that deer's just standing there still looking at me oh really just standing there and it's like did i hit it you know i heard a thud like sounded like a good thud you know like what happened so i kind of 
sat there and stared at it for a couple of seconds. And it's like, I don't think I hit that deer. I don't know where the arrow went. So now I'm trying to recock my crossbow. And I'm, you know, kind of struggling to do it in the tree stand. But I get the, the bow recocked and like the click of the string locking in place kind of startled the deer a little bit and it ran off to like 40, 50 yards. But I get the bow, you know, recocked, get a get a bolt in it. And so now I'm just sitting there waiting. How did you recock a crossbow with a cat in your lap uh difficult i I would imagine honestly i'm surprised the cat didn't fall out of my coat because (laughs) i (laughs) I stood up to to cock to recock the crossbow but it had you know just kind of folded itself over in in the front of the coat you know, kind of like create a little pouch, if you will, that it was kind of yeah. hanging in. But I had the bow all recocked and had another bolt in it. And the deer wasn't sure what I was, what had just happened. So it, you know, curiosity kind of got the best of it. And I think it kind of still wanted to go on the trail that it was going on you know it still wanted to go in that direction so it kind of was working its way trying to loop around me out in front of me and it basically came within 30 yards you know right out in front of me and i shot it again you know i shot again and this time i smacked it you know and it's like there was no trees or any. Oh, well, I should say that while I'm waiting to for this deer to kind of work its way back around, I look over trying to figure out where, you know, my arrow went and notice the fletchings of my arrow sticking in a tree that's probably, I don't know, four inches around. <laughs> you know, I, I hit it dead center. Oh man! Just smacked it. So I don't, I don't know if I just completely missed that there was a tree in between me and that deer, or if you know the bow going going off before I was expecting it. You know, I wasn't quite on target. Right. But yeah, I I smacked a tree. I mean, I it was a had I been trying to shoot that tree, it would have been a perfect shot. Um, So could you get your arrow out of it? I unscrewed. I could unscrew the the arrow off the broadhead. The broadhead stayed in the tree. Okay. Um, But the the knock fell out at some point. So I'm not sure if, you know, hitting something that hard, you know, like and immediately stopping like that did something or what. But well, because the the collar came out of the arrow, you know, in the front, and the knock came out the back. Oh, really? So it, 
yeah, it did all kinds of like the insert in the front that yeah, the yeah, broadhead the, screws the into. Yeah, okay. yeah, the insert pushed out, you know, probably halfway. Okay. And the knock fell off the back, so. Huh. It 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 did bad things hitting a tree like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that deer worked its way back around to about thirty yards. I shot it. Uh, now I'm in the tree stand. I have a cat and I got to get out of the stand and get this cat out of the stand. So (laughs) it took a second for me to figure out what I was going to do there, but I put, I just took the cat and put it in my book bag and zipped it up and lured it down with my bow and, you know, in my book bag with my bow. It let you put it in a book bag? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't mind at all, really, getting put in the book bag. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, I'm not sure you're I'm not sure your outside cats are quite wild enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. But I put it in the book bag, lowered it down, I got down there, and you know, now I'm got my mind on other things i got a deer that i've shot and i got uh an arrow in a tree so i put my book bag on pick up my bow and walk over get the arrow out of the tree and go start looking for blood and uh and i saw i knew that the deer that i shot was down or you know at least bedded down um because it ran about 40, you know, to, to about 40 yards out. It kind of ran like a, you know, an arc and went behind some, some bushes and never came out the other side. Okay. So I, I knew it, it was, I knew right. It was right there. Um, so I kind of started creeping over there, you know, where I could get a, a look and, you know, the deer just, was laying there dead so because i i wasn't sure how great my shot was um especially when i got to my arrow because i got to my arrow before i got to the deer and when i picked up my arrow there was a lot of grit on the arrow oh you know so i was a little concerned it's like uh uh-oh but yeah it was uh it was dead when i got over to it but then when I got to the deer, you know, this is probably 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Then I realized, oh, crap, that cat's still in my book bag. <laughs> you know, it started meowing then. Oh, that's funny. So I uh, let the cat out of my book bag. Let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I went up to the house to grab uh, a cart to put the deer in uh, to take, you know, take up to the house so I don't have to drag it. And uh, you mean you mean the cart that's in my garage? Well, yeah, that's what I would have <laughs> used. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I get the deer out of the woods and, you know, take care of it. Check my trail camera uh this past sunday only to find out that 
15 minutes after I walked out of the woods, uh, a buck walked right past my stand. A buck I would have shot walked right past my stand. Yeah, you sent those because you've got pictures of you walking past your trail camera and then, like you said, like exactly 15 minutes later, this buck walking by and you sent those to us. I was like, oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, so... That was fun. So what happened with the shot? Where did it, where did you hit it? The shot was also kind of weird. Like I, I can't explain how the arrow went through the deer. Really? It, I think because it was alerted, it kind of reacted to the shot. You know, it, it, it was well aware of where I was at. It was spooked. Right. Because, somehow I ended up like the deer was standing basically broadside to me, but somehow I ended up hitting both lungs, like, you know, hitting center of one lung back of the other lung and then punched a hole straight through the stomach and out. Hmm. And I can't really explain how all those organs lined up. And I didn't touch the liver at all. That's bizarre. So, yeah, I can't I can't explain how I hit those organs in in that way. Deer do weird things, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if it, you know, had was able to to move like as the arrow was passing through it. You know, was able to to move enough that it kind of some know, matrix stuff. Yeah, basically, the 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 path of the arrow was almost took like a right hand turn inside of it. Hmm. Well, not a right hand, but a ninety degree turn. I should yeah, say, yeah. like it almost made like a a ninety. It almost seemed like it went in, turned ninety degrees, and went out. Huh. So yeah, I I can't really explain that one. I I don't know what what happened. I want to take a minute to talk about Monster Whitetail Grub. So they're an Ohio deer feed company, and just to put it simply, they make a good deer feed product. They've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed. It's a it's a high protein feed with mineral mixed in, and they got a whole list of additives you can have have added to it to sort of customize it or or tailor it to your property or or what you find works they've also got flavored corn and then just straight mineral so whatever you want whatever you need they have it so if you're looking or interested in trying that and i I encourage you to do so go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and you can find their information there how to get in touch with them and where you can find some of their product. So let's get back into the conversation. So then rut hunting weekend, uh, well that, so that deer that came up, you know, 15 minutes after I went through, went right to that mock scrape I made. Like that's right where I caught it. That's cool. So yeah, it, it worked. (laughs) Um, but then rut weekend, I uh, 
hunted Saturday morning. You know, that was my first day out. I went up to uh, an oak flat in Wayne National Forest. And Jacob had told me, like, that every time he goes up there, as soon as he gets to the oak flat, he jumps deer out. So he basically said, like, don't don't get up there basically until legal shooting light because, you know, I always jump deer as soon as I get to that oak flat. So I get all the way up, you know, the hill and I'm one bench down from the oak flat. I'm actually I'm like half a bench down from the oak flat. You know, I'm sitting on the hillside just below cresting the top to get up to that oak flat. And I'm kind of hunting, you know, the bench down below me. So it gets to be, you know, legal shooting light. It's it's probably 15, 20 minutes after legal shooting light. So it's pretty, pretty good daylight. You know, it's you can actually see. And uh, I decide I'm going to, you know, crest up into that oak flat. And I get up in that oak flat and no sooner am I far enough away, you know, up over that ridge uh, that I can't really see down to that bench below me. I hear crunch, 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 crunch. And I just see the very, you know, back, you know, just the spine of a deer walk across that oak flat. Or across that bench below me. Oh man! So I mean, I I had only taken maybe ten steps, you know, up out of there, you know, and a deer walked across that flat. You think it was a, a buck or a doe? I I can't, you know, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I right. I only saw its spine for like. Uh, you know, a short period, basically like where that, that kind of ridge, you know, the kind of sloped down just enough, you know, so it was just, you know, I basically just saw it walk across a little opening. Yeah. So I, I have no idea, but I, so then I'm like, well, you know, maybe if I walk back over there, you know, maybe I can, get over so I can see again, hit a call and have it walk, you know, walk back. So I take two steps back that direction. And now a deer in the Oak flat up on the top with me starts, uh, snorting and just going crazy. Oh, so then the deer you hadn't seen. Yeah, a deer I hadn't seen. Um, it was on the other side of like some small saplings and prickers that had all grown up together, you know. So it, you can't see through it basically, especially not at like first light. But so it starts blowing. So I just crouch down and kind of wait it out. And uh, in kind of waiting it out i eventually see this deer and it's probably 75 yards away and 
it just won't stop blowing. Any anything it hears, sees, it's blowing at. A squirrel starts barking at it, it's blowing at the squirrel. And I mean, they were just they barked at each other and the deer blew for fifteen minutes straight. <laughs> like they neither one would give up. They just were and I think the deer was blowing because it could smell me. But it, okay. it had no idea where I was, you know, or even what I was. It right. just knew I it wasn't right. So I basically just kind of sat there in, in this oak flat for it, probably 45 minutes to an hour just waiting for this deer to work its way off. <laughs> um, eventually, the deer works its way off. You know, I stand up, I kind of look around, decide where I want to set up. I'm going to be hunting from the ground. I see a patch of fallen trees that are all the way, like, on the peak, the very peak of this uh, hilltop. You know, there's a patch of fallen trees up there, so I can sit there and kind of look back down into the oak flat that I was just in. Right. So I walk over to those fallen trees and, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to set up somewhere. You know, there's like three fallen trees and it's like, I'm going to set up, I'm going to sit behind one of those. You know, when I get up there, I'll decide. Well, as I'm kind of walking up there, I realize like, oh, hey, there's a, a scrape right here, you know, really close to these fallen trees i'm gonna take out some some mastin's full estrus and i'm gonna spray it on this tree with a scrape and spray it on the ground and do all that so i spray that there and then i walk up you know to these fallen trees and kind of determine like oh well the i was gonna go to the furthest one kind of up the hill but realize well my best shot and kind of the one that's going to give me the best cover is this closest one. Um, so it's only five yards, basically, from this scrape that I just put scent in. You know, there is a tree blocking us. But it's, I mean, right there. Right, yeah. You know. So I get all set up I, you know set up behind this this fallen tree and clear the leaves out from underneath me so i'm not making any noise and you know set out my rattling antlers and get all set up and maybe after 10 minutes i start hearing some some turkey you know there's turkey goblin and uh you know, some, some clock in and they're up on this oak flat. You know, I can't see them, but I know they're up with me. And I'm thinking like, oh man, maybe I should, you know, buy a turkey tag in case one of these things walks by. <laughs> you know, I'm like, eh, you know, that might be a good idea. You know, I, I've already, you know, had this deer blowing up here all morning. So I'm, maybe have already ruined my hunt 
you know, so I'm like, eh, you know, I'm as I'm sitting there kind of debating it and seeing like, well, do I have cell service to, to buy a tag? I, you know, all of a sudden here, crunch, 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 you know, and it's a hundred percent a deer coming towards me, you know, running. So I drop my phone, get my crossbow in my hands and it was a doe and it ran like right to, to my right. There's another tree there that kind of, there's the top of this tree that it, that had fallen. And then there's another tree standing that kind of blocks my view. Okay. And probably at 10 yards, a doe comes around the top of that, that tree and just, I mean, continues booking on you know it's it's running hard it comes around the top of that tree and starts running downhill and i mean it it was running fast and it got maybe 70 yards down the hill and it stopped for a little bit and kind of meandered around and then kind of continued on circling back kind of the way it came but as that deer is doing its thing down there i can hear that there's another deer coming on the trail that this doe came from and it's like well that's definitely a buck you know it just chased that doe so i get set up because i'm thinking that this buck's gonna follow right where that doe did and you know i can basically the only time i have to shoot is right when it gets around Right at okay. the top of this tree, because after that, I can't, I don't have any shooting lane, and the deer will get way out, you know, from me really quick. Well, it comes around that the top of that tree, and then immediately it, it just continues on, like right in front of me. And it's, it's a buck, but it's a, it's a small buck you know it was uh i think it it was technically a six point but it was basically like uh a fork with some brow tines Um, right okay so i you know decided i don't want to shoot it i set my crossbow down i you know casually slowly grab my phone turn on the camera and this buck walked straight up to that tree where I'd sprayed that scent. And so now its head is behind the tree. Like I can see its body, its head's behind this tree. And it sat there for maybe two minutes, just sniffing that tree, you know, licking it. Just, really? Yeah, just having a good old time. It, it never actually use the scrape you know really right you know it never peed in it or you know really rubbed on it much it just kind of sniffed it and licked it and, and how far is it from you at this point like five yards it's right in front of me <laughs> i mean it is right in front of me wow and uh eventually it just kind of realizes like well this is the epicenter of the smell and 
I don't see any deer, so I'm going to go back the way I came. So it turned around and started walking back. And I mean, at the closest point, this thing is like three yards in front of me. It's really, really close. And uh, (laughs) when it was walking away, it it looked over at me and it kind of looked at me and it was like, well, that's not right like that that doesn't seem right but it didn't it didn't really get spooked by me you know it just was like ah, that doesn't look right i better start moving a little quicker and it you know just kind of walked away stomped away too really like it when it was walking away it was walking very it was intentionally you know, putting its feet down, you know, hard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it just kind of stomped away and back the way it came. So did you ever think that it was going to turn into that that video that I'm sure everybody's seen where the, the buck is basically stomping the crap out of this guy who I, I think, you know, once the story came out that he had basically covered himself in, in uh, you know, doe estrus or something, I think, some sort of deer scent. Do you ever think this deer was going to stomp your, <laughs> try to stomp your brains out? No, not really. I, I, the whole time I'm thinking like this thing's going to notice me here and take off at any Turn inside second. out. Yeah. Yeah. And when it got to that, that scrape, it was like, oh, well, you know, now it's really over because he's going to realize that's what he was smelling. And he's going to also smell me and realize, like, oh, yeah, this is completely wrong. Yeah. But he never did. And then when he saw me, like, when we made eye contact with each other, it's like, oh, yeah, it's over. He's gone. (laughs) And he, I mean, we made eye contact. He looked at me, you know, kind of moved his head a little bit, like, you know, trying to get a good idea of what I was. And yeah, just turned his head and continued walking on. You know, the whole time I just, yeah, the whole time I was just like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is going to end soon. This is (laughs) going to end soon. Right. And it just never did. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. But that was about the extent of, you know, I saw a couple other does um, at a distance. I saw one fawn that. I almost would have been in the perfect spot. Like I was walking up over a ridge and I could hear that there was a deer on the other side. And I tried calling to it thinking maybe it's a buck and it, you know, I could tell that it didn't really care. So I kind of stepped over that ridge and uh, there was a fawn that at this point, had already walked past and it was too far to shoot. Um, okay. But had I, you know, basically shown up five minutes earlier, that deer would have walked right past and I could have decided whether or not I wanted to shoot it. I probably wouldn't have because this was like all the way, like the furthest I could be from the road. But I watched it kind of walk off and kind of saw the trail it took and, you know, got some good intel there that like oh well that's 
you know, that's the trail that you're kind of take along this ridge. So right, yeah. I'll have to keep that in mind, you know, cause it was kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking like, what is this deer doing? Cause it, you know, it, from, from me up above, it looks like this deer is zigzagging, you know, it's like really walking a zigzag when you actually kind of get down on that, that shelf, you kind of see how the path goes and it, doesn't look as much like a zigzag it looks like you're taking the past path of least resistance basically right, okay. you know it's just kind of the way the ground and the fallen timber kind of lays it you know it's kind of an s curve that then the natural path is but yeah okay. that's basically the extent of my rut hunting thus far all right so jake that leaves you all right, that leaves me. Um, rutcation down at the cabin. I had intended to go down Thursday night with you. Yeah. But then when you informed us that you weren't going to be going, um, I decided to stay home with the family one more night and hunt Friday morning locally at my property. Um, because I got a pretty big deer out there that I'd be more than happy to put an arrow in. Because you got a uh, so, you got a conundrum there, right? Like you got right. a big deer on camera. Right. People are seeing That's it daylight. in the day. Right. You know, and we had this rut trip, you know, on the calendar, you know, months For in weeks. advance. Right. Like weeks, we were going to the months. cabin this weekend. Right. And big so, hand shows up. Right. So if it wasn't for this trip already being planned. I would not have went down south this weekend. I would have been hunting Big Hank. Um, <laughs> so, but we had already made the plan and going down to the cabin is no, I mean, it's not like it's hard. We enjoy doing it, but it's no small feat. I mean, we don't face, essentially you got to take everything down there. We don't store anything down there. There's no, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a cabin that when no one's there, doesn't have any electricity or any power run into it. Right. Um, so there's, you know, you got to bring all your food, everything. <laughs> so we divide that all up and everyone, you know, when someone backs out for whatever reason, last minute, like you said, it throws a wrench in things. Now we got to rearrange meals. Right. So then once you had said you couldn't go, there's other, you know, now the other guys that are going, it even relies more on each of us to be there. Right. Um, and then turns out dad wasn't able to go cause he was stuck out of town for work. So our group of five was down to three yeah, so kind of, the weekend kind of blew up blew apart yeah right so um i went down i hunted friday morning locally um did not see any action of note you know i mean i saw some deer i think if i remember right but nothing i didn't see big hank friday morning um so and then i packed up and headed south in time to hunt friday evening which the rest of the guys had to work friday so they weren't going to be down till after dark friday right so, so is big hank an official name or is that just jason, what you're calling jason it right just, now that, jason just made it up yeah, like we just coined that okay yes that's, i wasn't well, sure if you somehow name this dear big hank or no 
No, that's just that's just what Randy that's Newberg refers to any okay. any you know Big Elk or whatever he called you know Big Hank. I just stole it from you know just as a something to call him. Mm-hmm. Right. No, he doesn't have a name. Um. So anyhow, went down there. Um, we had been down there two weeks ago for a family weekend and went up. There's a location down there that we hunt known as the graveyard coined for a reason. There's an old graveyard up on top of a hill. Um, you know, like really old gravestones. Most of them aren't standing anymore. Can't read what's on them. Right. Um, and it's been a place that we've hunted down there for as long as I remember. And if you read the journals, well, well before I would remember, um, the guys have been going up there hunting with different variations of success and no success. Um, it's got some oak trees up there on a flat. Once you get in off the ridge from the graveyard, it's a good spot to hunt squirrel. Always see squirrel up there unless you're squirrel hunting. Then you don't see squirrel. <laughs> right. um, so, but we have been up there because it's a relatively easy walk. I mean, it's uphill, but you can walk up into a big open hay field to get up to the top. So it's a good place to take the kids, wives, you know, our mom hiked up there. Um, so it was a good place to kind of go for a hike. And we got up there and realized there was all kinds of rubs and scrapes in off the graveyard, which isn't yep. uncommon. Um it's a pretty good spot. I mean, deer use it. It's not uncommon to see sign up there, but there was, I would say probably more than what I've seen before up there. Um, so I decided then basically two weeks ago that for this rut vacation, I didn't have any other Intel. I was going to go up there and see what I could do. Uh, so that's what I did Friday evening. Um, got up there, And two weeks ago, I had snuck a hunt in before everyone else had got down and passed on two does. And dad gave me the what for. (laughs) He's uh, trained on the if it's brown, it's down, you know, mentality. So he gave me the what for about why would I let him? Why'd you let those deer go? Why didn't you shoot those deer? Even if you didn't want them, you know. I'd have taken them or whatever, you know, basically saying you could have tagged them. And if you didn't have room in your freezer, I got, I got room. Right. So I had a mentality of this time, knowing I had big Hank back home, it was going to have to take a pretty big deer down there for me to shoot a buck. Cause I have one in my backyard up here that I like to feel like I have a pretty good chance at. Right. Um, so it wouldn't have had to have been as big of a deer. It's different. You know, hunting down there, public land in the foothills of Appalachia is totally different than hunting, you know, the farm country of the Summit County. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I fully didn't, never expected to see a deer that big. Not that they're not down there, but I would have shot a deer smaller than that, but it still would have had to have been a pretty big deer for down there. Um, so I, it's funny as it sounds, my rutcation was almost ahead of my mind that I was going to shoot a doe. More of a doe hunt, yeah. Right, because I didn't want to use my buck tag on something down there, knowing I had a big one up here. So, uh, Friday night, a doe came in. 
Um, and it was a far, it was kind of far at the end of my range and kind of in some brush. I honestly probably shouldn't have taken the shot, but I, my dad's, you know, voices in my head. I'm thinking I, I'm going to just see if I can sneak one in here. I thought I had a window. Um, so I let it go and it sounded like I hit a tree. It wasn't that kind of low thud you get when you hit them in the bread basket, you know, where it sounds like you're taking the air out of a balloon. Yeah. Um, like a pop. Yeah. It was more like a high sound like I hit a tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't think too much of it. I thought, well, apparently I couldn't fit it in that window. I hit a branch and it directed it over at a tree or whatever. So that's all I saw. Um, and when I shot that at that deer, it didn't run away. I mean, it, bounded away a little bit further away from me so that I really didn't have a shot kind of down over the ridge, but I could still see it. Um, and it just kind of stood there and kept feeding kind of, I was like, I really must've missed. But at that point I didn't have a shot. So I recocked my bow, um, and sat there the rest of the night, got to be the end of shooting light. I climbed down and I was like, well, I got to at least walk over there and, See if I can find my arrow or figure out which end is up, basically. And I was just about, I walked over there and it's dark and everything looks different in the dark. It's hard. Yeah. And yeah. I was dead set. I hadn't hit that deer. So I was like, eh, well, I'll look tomorrow. I, I, I'll come back. I got to come back up here. Um, I'll look for my arrow tomorrow in the morning after, you know, I basically I plan on coming in in the morning adjusting a little bit so that I was in a better position to shoot if a deer came in like that deer did. Um, and then once I got sick of being in the tree, I'd come down and look around for that arrow. But right before I left the woods, I, I found the tiniest little bit of blood and I was like, Oh crap. I hit that deer. So now I have to look. Right. But like I said, it's dark. Um, and I don't want to blow the whole spot out. I don't really want to go tromping through, but I can't find a blood trail. Well, and you know, it's not a good hit cause you watched it run over and stop and right. kind of just wander right. off. Right. So at this point I'm thinking, what the heck do I do? So Jeff wasn't down yet. And I, so I knew he would still be in cell service. So I called him and kind of explained to him, what happened and whatever. And I wasn't finding blood, wasn't seeing blood. It's all just a tiny little bit, but I couldn't even get a trail as to what direction that, I mean, I watched the deer, so I knew what direction it went, but I couldn't get a trail. Like I, the blood didn't indicate where the deer went. So I was like, I, I don't know. I don't want to just go grid searching this whole thing because it's dark and I don't want to blow the whole spot up. But while I was kind of poking around, down over the ridge in the thick bedding where I expected the deer to be and where that deer went, they just, they were just blowing and blowing and blowing. And I think it was the same situation to kind of what Jeff had. They heard me up there crunching, but they didn't see me or know what I was. Right. They just knew I wasn't a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? They knew something was up there walking around, crunching, making a bracket. So it, Cause they weren't running away. They didn't, 
It's not like they blew and I heard them busting out a brush. I never heard the deer move. They just blew and blew and blew and blew. Right. Um, so I ended up backing out and all night. I didn't really think, I mean, it wasn't like I was devastated per se, cause I was fairly certain it wasn't a lethal hit. Um, because I just didn't have that much blood and the way the deer reacted and the way the shot sounded, I, in my mind thought that deer lived. Right. So I climbed up. That's not the same tree, but same area adjusted a little bit. Like I said, the next morning to try and shoot deer that came in that same way. And a deer came in the exact same path 20 minutes before shooting light. I can barely see, I hear the deer. I can barely see it until it's right under me because it's dark. Right. And it just milled around there and it couldn't get light fast enough. I couldn't see what it was. Um, doe, buck. I just saw body, the deer's silhouette. Right. And then it kind of worked its way off by the time it was light enough to see. Um, it was out of shooting range. It was a doe. But as shooting light kind of came on, you know, the sunrise finally came, it ended up finally blowing or catching on that I wasn't right being there. Wasn't supposed to be there, yeah. Right. So then it kind of took off and then I had been sitting there motionless watching this deer. And then as it took off, like four other deer that were, I was surrounded by deer before light. They just all went different directions. Uh, so I was like, well, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the other deer were. I, I never even saw them. I just heard them all bounding away from behind me up on the flat, which is where all the sign was. Um, so I, whatever. Okay. So I'm doing what you do during the rut. A little bit of calling, had sense up. Um, and a deer came up over the ridge from behind me and it was walking kind of up to the top. It was eating its way along. And I was like, well, that's not a big doe. It's kind of a smaller doe. I was like, eh, well, I'll just let it walk. Um, it was again, at kind of the end of my range. I was like, I'm not. It was still early. I was like, ah, eh, we'll see what it does. And I'm thinking if it's a doe, buck might be on its back. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. indicate, wasn't looking over its shoulder or anything, but I was like, eh, you never know. It's that time. So I'm letting it go. And then it gets out of range and I just couldn't handle it. Oh, I got to try to screw with this deer. So I hit a, um, it wasn't even an estrus bleat because I just reached in my pack and grabbed my can calls. It was the little can, which is like just a doe bleat. Um, I hit that, which is, you know, advertised as like an early season, almost like a fawn bleat that right. can attract does. Um, that deer, I don't want to say it turned on a dime and ran back, but it definitely stopped its progress and started feeding its way back the way it came towards me again. Huh. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So in my head, I said, well, if that deer gives me a chance, I'm going to shoot it because it responded to my call and that's kind of cool. So I'll shoot it. And one thing led to another and it worked its way 
back to where I had a shot. So I stopped it and let one go. And it was, I mean, tried and true, sounded good, smacked it. I watched it run down over the hill. No doubt about it. That's a dead deer. Cool. Got a deer down. But now I'm thinking, well, crap. I got a deer down and I possibly have another deer down from yesterday. I got to look. I don't think it's dead. I'd be very, very shocked if it's dead, but I got to look. So I climbed down out of my tree, given the first one time, or you know, the second one, I guess, the one I just shot, time to expire. I start poking around for an arrow, can't find one. Blood, can't find any more blood. I find another little drip just because I knew the way the deer went. So I'm walking that way, just trying to f- walk deer trails. And I did a little bit of a grid search down into the brush and no other signs, no other sign of a, you know, hit deer. Right. So at that point, I don't know. I never did find my arrow. Um, no idea. At that point, I'm like, well, don't have a clue. That deer is not dead. I don't know where my arrow is, though. I'm just going to go check on that other deer, see if I can find it. So I walk over, look over the ridge. I see it down there. Dead. Perfect. Awesome. Got a dead deer. So I'm going to take my stand and my pack and unload it all over at the graveyard. Just take what I need down the hill. It's a pretty steep hill. I was going to have to drag this deer up. Um, so I start looking around where I had shot for blood, you know, to find my arrow find the blood trail. Even though I knew where the deer was, I wanted to see the blood trail or whatever, follow the blood trail down. Yeah. Um, good intel. Right. Nothing. Can't find my arrow. Can't find a drip of blood. I'm like, I got a real problem. Apparently, I've, even though I've used these broadheads and arrows, you know, for years, same combination, never had a problem. I've killed deer with it earlier already this year. And they had a blood trail, but there is not a drip of blood. I see a dead deer and no blood. I'm like, this is a real problem. Uh, Something is not, these deer aren't bleeding. I don't know what the deal is. So I start going down and following. I could see the trail, the turned up leaves where the deer ran down the Mm. hill. I'm following it. There's got to be blood, but there's nothing. So I Hmm. finally found my arrow, you know, almost all the way to the deer. And I was like, oh, okay. So it didn't pass through. That's different. Most of the time I usually have pass throughs, but okay. Um, Maybe now that the arrow's out, maybe that was plugging the hole and now I'll find blood. No blood, not a drip. Arrow's got blood on it. No blood though. So then I got to the deer and turns out I misjudged my distance and it was pretty high, double lung, but pretty high. Hmm. Um, so once I cut into the deer to, you know, do the gutting and gilling, um, the entire chest cavity was full of just gelatin goo coagulated, you know, blood basically. Yeah. Um, so it just hadn't bled cause it was too high. So the lethal shot, it didn't pass through cause the arrow <laughs> I had used to kill this deer is actually the same arrow that I've used to kill all my deer this year. Um, well, my deer at the parks, my daughter used that arrow 
and then I just used it again and I hadn't sharpened it at all because it was not at that point it was my backup arrow but my good mm-hmm. arrow is the one I shot the night before <laughs> <laughs> so and my quiver that I take you know has three arrows I have one that's a flyer it's like my backup backup arrow like only an emergency I have a note on it like <laughs> aim low left with this arrow because it doesn't shoot straight yeah and i have two that shoot straight but one i'd use to kill two deer and not replace the broadhead or sharpen the broadhead so that's why it didn't pass through because this broadhead was dull um and it didn't bleed because it was high so i misjudged distance i think and i didn't you know i ended up hitting high so dead deer all is good but lesson learned i guess that i need to do a better job of picking out after the fact hindsight i normally pick trees out while i'm in my stand because i don't have a range finder but i normally pick trees out and say you know like that tree i think is 30 yards so if that tree is 30 yards that tree there would be 35 so i can know where i want to adjust well i didn't do that this time so oh, okay. I was just on the fly, like, I think that deer's about 40 yards, so I'm going to aim, you know, my 30-yard pin. I'm going to go a little bit, I'll put that 30-yard pin a little high on the deer, and that deer's at 40, it'll be right where it needs to be. Well, I think the deer was probably at 30 yards, and I aimed high at 30 yards, and I hit high at 30 yards. Mm, yeah. So, um, that was that i guess and then we i took it you know drug it up the hill down the hill and it's warm like you said this was saturday morning yeah it's you know it was cool in the morning it was nice morning hunting yeah wasn't at all surprised that we had a lot of movement saturday morning but it got up to be down there it was mid to upper 70s um so i i gotta do something with this deer so i got back to the cabin and you know, had a little rest, sat down for a minute after doing all the dragon and changed into something a little cooler and got to work. Mm. Uh, and then as I started skinning, um, peeling the skin down, I noticed there's a hole in the hide on the back ham. I was like, that's interesting. Someone has shot this deer in the butt. A broadhead hole? A broadhead hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's just a hole in the ham. Like, or not in the in the hide. And I'm thinking, oh. like a slice. At that point, I'm thinking, I, that's different. Yeah. So then once I peel it down, I look at the ham, and in the physical ham, I can see a broadhead. Like, someone had shot this deer in the butt with a broadhead. I mean, it's like clear cuts. Oh. So, one thing leads to another, and I get to thinking... That's the deer I shot Friday night. I hit a branch, <laughs> it ricocheted, and I shot that deer in the butt. Oh, man. And that's why I had no blood. I hit it square in the ham. Yeah. It, it barely penetrated the muscle. You know what I mean? It didn't. So the, the branch or whatever had taken enough off of it to. Yeah. To, it just barely was a. Merely was a flesh, a flesh wound. wound. <laughs> yeah. Which is really funny because I had, you know, I don't like to wound a deer so i text my wife and told her you know like i never found that deer but i'm sure it lived and i actually sent her that like gif 
from that movie. It was merely a flesh wound (laughs) (laughs) of the knight fighting with no armor or no arms. Yeah. And then that happened. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I have no way to prove it, but it was a fresh broadhead shot. I mean, it was not like it had started to heal. There was no sign of infection. There was no. No kidding. Yeah. But that deer was not limping at all. No indication wow. that he was hurt, injured. Um, you know, the ham, like I said, it was fresh. So I got all the meat off of it. I cut a little bit away just from trauma right there at the, yeah, right around where the broadhead hit. But it wasn't like wow. it, it, it was, it had to have been. So not only did I shoot the same deer twice, but that deer came to the same spot. It got shot the night before in the morning. They are, they are amazing creatures, man. Like, yeah, I mean, so, cause that, you know, that leads me to believe that like, that wasn't that big of a deal. You know, I don't know. Something right. hit me and, you know, kind of cut me and, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm good. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Cause like I said, it walked past me and I called it back to me. So it wasn't even like it was. Yeah. Timid. Yeah. Unshy, so to speak. It wasn't even really being careful in that area. Like, hey, when I was in here last night, something cut me in the back end. Yeah. I'm going to be real careful. It was just living like it was any other day. I mean, munching on acorns. I mean, could you imagine having a, and I didn't see the cut, but like, I'm just thinking like any kind of cut like that through your skin into the muscle, like, I mean, I guarantee it hurt. I'm going to (laughs) be, I just think about that, you know, like some of the stuff that these deer endure and that, you know, from the outside, it's like, seems like no big deal. But to me is like, man, you run an arrow into my, (laughs) my hind end. Oh man. Yeah. I actually just read a, a scientific study and I wish I, remembered more about it but about how deer and other animals feel pain and it was really interesting basically you know basically saying that a lot of other animals don't feel pain like we do humans are unique in feeling pain okay you know like humans feel pain at much higher levels than other other animals do you know and that's why you know hunting can be so challenging if you will is uh animals don't really react like how a human would expect them to to trauma right yeah you know like well that really hurt i need to go you know I, I, it hurts too much to move. I just need to lay here and die. Basically, you know, yeah. like animals don't react that way. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it makes sense. Like evolutionarily, it, it wouldn't serve them to, like you said, like, ow, I have a hole in my, in my hind end. I'm going to lay here and just like, you know, like you said, lay here and die, lay here and lick my wounds. Like, I don't know, man, I got, I got life to live. I got coyotes to avoid. I got, you know, cold to endure. I've got whatever. So. All right. Well, 
so was that the the extent of your your rut trip then yeah that was uh the extent of it i hunted saturday evening um in a river like a flat river bottom i hunted low thinking it's been hot all day maybe i could catch the deer coming low yeah cooler um down by the by the creek didn't see a single deer which we never see deer in that bottom there's all kinds of deer sign they use they go through there at night um but i figured i'd give it a try going from one side of the you know one ridge to the other down across through the bottom didn't see a deer so that was that. I got up early Sunday, came home, spent the day with the family, hunted Sunday night here at my property. Um, didn't see a deer. So no big Hank, no other deer. So whether that's just because, you know, it was hot all day, whether they just weren't moving yet, they waited till after dark, or whether that is because you know, who knows, it depends on how you believe the rut timing is, whether they're in quote unquote lockdown. I have no evidence to support one or the other. I just didn't see any deer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. That was that. All right. So that's, uh, it's been a long one, but we had, you know, we all had sort of separate experiences. And so that was our, our sort of rutcation, our, our rut weekend. Uh, like I said, it, you know, we'll continue to hunt during the rut, but that's sort of our big, uh, you know, quote unquote, big trip that we do. We try to do every year and, uh, how it went. So hopefully you all are having maybe better success, uh, or had better, you know, maybe by the time you hear this had better success during the rut. And, uh, yeah. Hopefully we have, you know, hopefully our luck t- turns around, at least in the, uh, you know, seeing and or shooting a buck. So with that, I think we'll shut it off and uh, talk to everybody next week. All right. So that's going to be it for this week. Hopefully you all are having a good, uh, a good fall, a good hunting season, whether you're, you're in the deer woods or in the duck blind or out chasing small game. Hopefully the fall's been good to you. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, so hopefully you all have a a enjoyable, relaxing, safe Thanksgiving. And then we go right into week-long gun season. So got that to look forward to. So lots of good things going on. Lots of good things to be thankful for and appreciated appreciative of. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. We really appreciate you all listening, kind of coming on this uh, Ohio Huntsman journey with us and, you know, engaging with us online, sharing our content and turning this show into what it is. So thank you all for that. Thank you to you and your families and like i said hopefully you all are staying safe and healthy and you have a good thanksgiving and with that i will let you all get back to your week and we'll talk to you next week 
Thanks for listening.